0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Texans All Access. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, taking you through the next hour. Hopefully you had a chance to hear my breakdown on the draft. I'll be joining Clint show each and every day at 335 to talk specifically about the draft. Doesn't mean I won't hit it. In this particular show, tomorrow being draft Wednesday, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more draft. But that was fun. Today was uh, Smitty in for show. So it's good to catch up with Wade and had some really good questions. And Wade asking me about Kenyon Green, I thought was pretty interesting. I know Wade likes Kenyon Green. I do too. I would love to see Kenyon Green, depending on how things shake out. I think he fits in that gap between 13 and 37. But man, if he's there at 37, give me Kenyon Green, Aggie, interior offensive lineman. All day long. Now, speaking of interior offensive line, we're going to hear from one of them, one of the Texans' own, Justin Britt. We're going to do a little Texans audio jukebox in the next segment with Justin Britt and Davis Mills. Yes, Davis met with the media today and in typical Davis fashion just calmly swatted any. Uh, tough questions to the side. And actually, he didn't really get any tough questions, I don't think, for the most part, and just answered them calmly and with poise, like Davis is wont to do. So we'll hear from Davis and from Justin Britt in our next segment. And then, well, there is some rough stuff going on with the Washington Commanders. And Dan Schneider, ooh, boy. This, uh, well, is Andrew Brandt who you can follow on Twitter, uh, knows the business of sports very, very well. There will be lawyers if there haven't been already. So we'll get into what ails the commanders a little bit later in the show. But I had the opportunity today to catch up with linebacker Kamu Grugier-Hill. He's one of my favorite people to interview. We can go in a lot of different directions. But the Hawaiian, his story about how he got to Eastern Illinois is a fantastic one. And, of course, we had to talk a little barbecue as well because – it's not the same in Hawaii, but to me, the barbecue is about the sides. So, what are the two sides that you've got to have? I tend to agree with them actually on both. I like both. So we'll get to that with Kamu Grugier-Hill, a little one-on-one. Here we go. All right, it's always fun to catch up with the guys when they get back into the off-season conditioning program. And my next guest, boy, he had one hell of a year in 2021, and he is back. Camu Gruger Hill, Camu, my man. First of all, I've been wondering this, and I've got to ask it. I've been saying your name, grugier Hill. Is mm-hmm. that I put a little French with the Gruger? Yeah, that's how it is. It's grugier hill Okay. Yep. All right. You got a I little get,
1: French in there. For okay.
0: Sure. I get the French in there, and I'm good, man. First of all, how's the off season been, man?
1: It's been good, man. I've been traveling a lot, and I've been kind of getting away. Um, I've been in, I've been all over, man. I've been in Hawaii. I've yeah. been in Arizona. I've been in Nashville. So. Wow. Um, a little it feels a little good to get back
0: okay so why he's home
1: mm-hmm. Hawaii's home i always find my way to arizona for like a month and a month and a half in, in yeah. off season just because i love it out there i'm yeah. probably gonna get a spot out there soon and then i just been in nashville just training a little bit
0: yeah so you're training in nashville but arizona
1: you just you just go to so chill. a little a little bit of both so when i'm out in arizona i train i mean i'm always once i hit about february i start training again so yeah, yeah. you know wherever i am i find a training spot and I do the training, but I get a little vacation at the same time.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, those three spots. Lovely. But it's always good to get back home, though. Yeah. Get back. Yeah. I mean, what's it like when you go back to Hawaii for you? A lot of family still there. All of them. All of them. I'm the only person that left, so they're all there. Yeah. They're all still there. (laughs)
1: They're all there. So every time I go, it's a big family reunion. Where I mean, we're doing family barbecues. We're yeah, at the yeah. beach.
0: We're there all day. You know, so are you getting stretched a million? Hey, <laughs> yeah. this, you know, cousin wants to see you, yeah. and mom, I want to see you. I mean, are you just getting pulled yeah. a million different directions. My mom is the
1: queen of that. She, you know, <laughs> she's like, hey, you got this. She's like, she's like setting all these things up with yeah.
0: cousins I haven't seen in forever. But it's all, it's all good. It's always fun. Okay, so I've wondered this a bunch, and so I'm just gonna ask. See, so as you grew up in Hawaii then you go to eastern illinois i did yeah how in the heck do you get from there to there i can see how you got from eastern illinois to the league i mean <laughs> yeah. i watched enough to know a guy deserves to be in the league but how do you get from hawaii to eastern illinois it's a crazy
1: story so i didn't really start playing football until my senior year of high school so i yeah. only had one uh year of tape and one of my friends at the time my best friend had a had a scholarship to eastern illinois and the head coach played at university of hawaii Oh, so wow. he just wanted yeah. to come. I, I swear, he just wanted to make a little Hawaii trip. So yeah, of course. he asked my friend if he had uh, anyone back home that can play. And he's yeah. like, yeah, come check out my friend. Yeah. So he literally flew to Hawaii, took me out of class for 20 minutes, gave me a full scholarship. and On the spot. On the spot. And, and it's funny because at first I didn't want to go because I, 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 I couldn't even tell on a map where Illinois was. Yeah. I never left Hawaii in my life. Yeah. And then my mom was like, nope, you're going. And we left like a week after graduation. I, I've been,
0: yep, a As a parent? and you hear free education, Yeah, it could be on the other side of the world. Yeah, you got a free education in Poland? Okay, you're going to Poland. You're yeah. going to learn how to eat exactly. some pierogies when you get over there. Then you get to the NFL, and obviously 2021, you blow it out of the water here for the Texans. And we've talked a little bit about how you got here. There's an opportunity for you here. When did you feel like in training camp? Because I know that was kind of the time at training camp. We're looking around going, Hey, man, 51 is going to play a lot for this defense. He's going to play a lot. When did you feel it was starting to kind of come to fruition for you that you felt like, man, I can really kind of spread mm-hmm. my wings on this defense, if you will? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, when you come into a new defense at any time, the learning curve is always going to be a little rough at first. You know, you're learning coverages, you're learning uh, just general schemes. And, um, I mean, once I started to click and I was just able to kind of play a little faster and just going off my reaction, um, that's when
0: I was like, you know, this is this is a place for me for yeah. sure. And why did this defense fit you so well? I mean, we can see it. We can see your speed and your smarts and you can see how you're reading things and shooting gaps and things, but why did this defense fit for you? I just think the way he, you know, Coach
1: Levy uh, breaks it down and his mentality behind it Behind all of it, you know, we're aggressive in coverage. We're aggressive in our in our run fits. We're aggressive in our in our takeaways. You know, that's the general um, philosophy of the entire defense is takeaways and scores. So, um, and and he just kind of lets you. He let me just be out there and just play a, be a ball player. You know, and um, that's something that a lot of people haven't really given me the full reins of. Yeah. So when when he did that, I think it um, it kind of for lack of a better term created a little monster that I love.
0: So in the off season, you got a little bit of decision to make and then we find out you're coming back to Houston. And I know, comment. there were a lot of people that were really excited. I was really excited because, obviously, we see you on the field. We know that you're more than that. You're just an incredible guy around, mm-hmm. the, around the building. So we were really excited for you to come back. What was the thought process in coming back? Lovey gets named a head coach. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you played for him as defensive coordinator. How much did that play a role in it as well? I think that had a lot
1: to do with it. You know, I think um, whenever you're going to get a new head coach and all that kind of stuff um, – I was kind of sitting back and just watching for a little bit and just seeing you know what was going to happen because I mean that changes everything right that changes schemes that changes coaching staffs everything philosophies. so um, when he got you know the head coaching job I mean I couldn't have been happier but there was still something that I had to you know we had to work out and um, you know I think uh, I think it was just the right choice to come back um, this year and and you know
0: um, do it again. So now you're in Houston, second year in Houston. How much more comfortable are you in Houston? How much do you like Houston? I saw a little bit of your presser upstairs. Mm-hmm. You talked about it, but what's Houston sort of meant for you? It's not Hawaii. It does get hot though. It does get it's not Hawaii. hot. White, it definitely gets hot. It's it a little different, but what's what's Houston meant like? Just not just the Texans, mm-hmm. but the city of Houston too. Like I said, I think it is. It has. Like, it's not
1: Hawaii, right? But um, a lot of the philosophy and just. Texas and Houston in itself is is such a home vibe for me. You know, the hospitality, the um, the food, the people around. I mean, everything about it is just – it's just like I said I said earlier. Um, you know, you go places and you're just like, ah, I don't know, it doesn't feel like home. Where I, when I got here, it, it definitely felt like home. I'm
0: going to ask you something. I don't normally like to ask players about other players, but I saw something week 18, and I want to get your, your thoughts on it. You guys played Tennessee – And after the game was over, I was outside and I was waiting. I can't remember who was coming over to interview, but I was waiting for somebody to interview for a post-game interview. And Davis Mills was walking across to do his interview, and Malik was coming back over. And I was across the hall, so I couldn't hear him, but I saw Malik stop, shake Davis's hand, and I know body language. I can tell Davis is kind of nodding along. And it felt like Malik was kind of giving him a vote of confidence. Did you, on the defensive side, kind of see something in Davis – that sort of changed the mindset for you guys. Like, hey, man, since he got back in the lineup, this guy's competing his butt off. He's doing some good things. What did you see from the defensive side from Davis that gave you hope going to 2022? Like, hey, I think we can get behind
1: this cat. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, whenever a rookie comes in, right, everyone, I went through it, everyone goes through it. You you, you have to earn your stripes, right? Sure. And, um, you know, but the thing with, with him is, as the season went on game by game, no matter how bad the game was before, no matter what he, you could just see confidence growing and growing and growing, no matter, despite what anyone said, uh, you know, on the outside that had yeah. no idea what was going on. You just saw the confidence in him growing. And, um, I mean, uh, it was exciting to watch at the end of the year. He was sitting there slinging that yeah. thing in. And, and, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, myself definitely included, um, we're looking around like we have something here, Yeah, you know? So, um, we're definitely excited for his future. And, um, i think i'm just excited
0: you get in this conditioning period how and i know it's it's conditioning and no athlete loves conditioning i don't know there's maybe a few freaks out there that are like yeah man i love running all this all these gassers i don't know (laughs) um but you get around the guys again how much is how important is that to kind of get everybody back together and seeing them like you said you've been traveling you've been Mm -hmm. doing some great things but then you get back here and you see the guys you were with last year that you've created bonds with. How cool is that to get back together with everybody?
1: Well, I think that's a huge part of it, right, is, you know, we're, we, we're coming back this second year and we have a lot of the same guys. And yeah. just being able to pick up where you left off and, and you know, um, everyone has their own lives. You know, guys are married, have kids. Everyone's yeah. doing their own thing to come back and um, be in a room again and be training again with everyone and, and laughing and joking. I think that's how you build chemistry. That's how you build camaraderie. And, you know, I mean, that's how you build a team, you know, so um, – it's it's been fun, definitely fun. How much do you poke fun at Lovey Smith? <laughs> In what aspect? <laughs> just the fact that the beard, bald, just you know, I'm I'm you know everyone kind of uh, you know I'm I'm really the the joke guy. I, I, I really come <laughs> at a lot of people. That's why I asked you. Man. I come at a lot of people with some jokes, but yeah. I usually I, I've stayed away from him. You know, I've stayed <laughs> away from from Coach
0: Lovey, but you know everyone yeah. else can get it. <laughs> I, I mean, he's. He's the best. I mean, he just comes in here and he just Mm -hmm. sits and talks with us as if he's been here for for 30 years. He's he's, he's absolutely uh, the best, Kamu. There's no doubt about it. And you, my friend, had a tremendous 2021. You're going into 2022. You know this defense. I'm sure you probably have some personal goals. There's team goals and all that. Is there anything that you're working on now that you really want to get better as you go into 2022, or is it just kind of a holistic thing? You just want to get better in all aspects. Yeah, I think
1: just getting better in all aspects. I mean, like you said, everyone's going to always have personal goals that you want to hit throughout the year. But, I mean, for us, I think, you know, we talk so much. We have the potential to be the top five defense. Like, I truthfully in my heart believe that, and um, that's the standard, and I think we need to elevate every aspect of our game. And, I mean, the number one thing I said earlier, too, was we needed to score uh, yeah. on defense. You know, I think um, on both sides of the ball, for sure. But, yeah. you know, for us this year, our emphasis is score.
0: And you guys took the ball away so many times last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you probably didn't sense it as much as we did because we were here for 2020, 2020, and we had three interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> like That's three. absurd. Yeah, we had three. And then last year, I mean, it felt like everybody was getting their hands on the ball yeah. in some way, shape, or form. But that's always been something with Lovey. Is that something that he's continued to emphasize even as you guys have come back? I know we haven't gotten into practice and such. But is that something that he's continued to talk about taking the ball away and this time, like you said, taking another step, mm-hmm. going to scoring with it?
1: Absolutely. Him. I think that's the standard, right, is, is the takeaways and turnovers. But I think, like I said, um, if we're going start converting those takeaways and turnovers into some points, yeah. I mean, now we're really talking. Now yeah. we're rolling.
0: Better barbecue. Hawaiian at home. Or here in Houston, it's totally different. Yes, I mean, there you go. That's a good answer. It's, it's different, totally different. It's different. Totally so different. I, I'm not even gonna answer it because I love both of them. Okay, what's your favorite side to go with your barbecue in Hawaii?
1: What's your favorite side here? So back home is always just white rice. I mean, that's that's the that's side. That's you just have. How, yeah. Okay. All right. Here, I like sweet corn. I don't know why. Nice sweet
0: corn, and just you can't go wrong with the mashed potatoes. You know, we when we went to Arizona, we went out to eat, and they had a they had a creme brulee sweet corn. Really? Holy smokes! It was the craziest thing I've ever had. It was it was nuts. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to barbecue around these places, I always ask sides. The yeah. barbecue is always good. Yeah. But if you got good sides to go along with it, that, that's, that's saying something. That's going to say something. Kamu, you're the best, man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Man, I could have gone on for days with Kamu Grugier-Hill. Glad to see him back in the fold doing workouts. He caught up with the media as well, but since I figured I had a one-on-one uh, with him, then I didn't really have to do a Texans audio jukebox with Kamu Grugier-Hill. It's already taken care. Of. It was a one-on-one. It was a like a special performance. I didn't need to kind of keep going over and hitting B three and hearing the next sound in the jukebox. I had it right there with me, and he is and was fantastic in 2021. And he talked about the fit with Lovey Smith's defense, and I think that is so hugely important. And we talk about that. I always bring it up in March when free agency starts because everybody sees all these different players that are unrestricted free agents. Oh, we can go sign that guy. We can go sign that guy. Oh, we can, in a draft. We can draft this guy. We can draft that guy. If fit becomes important, and I'm not just talking about scheme fit, I'm talking about all around. Kamu Grugier Hill was the perfect fit all the way around. Scheme fit for Lovey's defense, great. Off the field leadership, great attitude and just what he brought every time you saw him in the cafeteria he had a smile great he had all that he was the right fit and continues to be the right fit for the Texans in 2022 now hopefully Davis Mills and Justin Britt continue to be the right fit for the Texans it's time for a little Texans audio jukebox the center quarterback duo met with the media on Tuesday afternoon what did they have to say on a number of different topics well you got to stick around for Texans Audio Jukebox right here Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All a- What's going on, Texans fans? Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Texans All Access. John Harris flying solo tonight. Glad you're with me. And it's time for a little Texans Audio Jukebox. A big thanks to Camu Grugier-Hill, who joined me earlier and confirmed Grugier. It's like, it's a French. It's Grugier, so I got that little bit there. That was fun talking to Kamu. I uh, had a chance to talk to him about on the air and off the air about a lot of things happened last year, going on this year. Really excited for that. And of course, one player that we discussed, and I don't like to do this often with players, but I thought it was a pretty interesting moment at the end. So I wanted to get Camu's thoughts about Davis Mills, starting quarterback for your Houston Texans going into the 2022 season. And he was Asked today at his presser, what's the approach going in to 2022?
2: Um, I mean, same as it was last year. I just got to come in and compete every day. Um, obviously, we're in the offseason phase right now. So it's all about um, building as a team, but also building as individuals and kind of putting our best work in this offseason to come as um, the best player we can be once the season starts.
0: David sort of hit it right there. Just being ready for when the season starts. But you got to get that work in Now, and obviously Davis put in that work last year as a rookie, and he made a ton of growth. We all saw it. I think he saw it. He felt it. He was asked about that growth that he saw in himself and how much that'll mean to him in the 2022 season.
2: I think a lot of the growth that I've made just comes with experience out there, um, getting those game reps in, um, being able to react faster to different defensive looks, um, had a better feel with the system um, near the end of the year last year. And obviously we're in a new uh, offensive scheme this year, but um, I've already seen a couple of the first installs and I'm looking forward to actually getting out and running them on the field. Cause it's uh, familiar to me from what I did out at uh, out in college. So uh, I'm extremely excited and continu- hoping that the growth from the end of last year just continues straight into the next one.
0: Obviously when the rookie season is over, your head is still spinning You've gone through a 17-game season, and for Davis, obviously, that was much longer than his last year at Stanford. Now, they spent the entire last month of the year on the road. I don't even think they were allowed to go back to campus at that point. So he finishes his 17-game season. I think he started 12 times, I think, 13 times maybe was the number. Either way, got a lot of starts put a lot of things on film. So what was the feedback from Pep Hamilton and the coaching staff after his rookie season?
2: A lot of feedback. I mean, like I said, um, came with growth. That's how I gained more game reps and got that experience. Um, And the biggest thing is just continue on that trajectory that I kind of started to play better last year and want to kind of take that into camp and continue to improve.
0: Davis certainly did that in 2021, improve. And it got to the point where his improvement was creating comfortability. Or at least it seemed that way. In that second half against Tennessee, he was dropping, slinging, completing, getting back up under center, doing it again against one of the better defenses in the league like it was nothing. He was extremely comfortable. And it's that word comfortable that a lot of people wanted to talk about today during the presser. And it was our own Mark Berman who brought that word up with him. How comfortable are you and how comfortable did you get last year in 2021?
2: I'm definitely comfortable. I think the biggest thing with being a leader for the team just starts with showing up every day, um, showing the team that you're you're here to put in work. Um, I think people have mentioned a lot just the quarterback's role as a vocal leader. And I mean, I think that comes with the position. So I've been doing that my whole life. Um, so I'm ready for that challenge and that standpoint of it. But I mean, the biggest thing is just going out and, uh, showing up every day in meeting rooms, weight room on the field and, uh, gaining the respect of my teammates so I can really take on that role.
0: I remember when the season was over, one of the things that everybody talked about with Davis was okay, man, you're, you're the guy. Now you got to organize all these throwing sessions and you got to get everybody together and do all that kind of stuff. And when we first got to know Davis, you, you know he's a pretty low-key guy, very understated, not kind of a rah-rah, and you're like, man, is that something that he's going to feel comfortable doing? Well, yeah, he absolutely was that. Down in Atlanta last week, I think it was, we saw the first video that was posted, I think it was by his high school, Greater Atlanta Christian, and it had about five or six Texans receivers there running through workouts, doing their thing, and Davis talked about what that's meant to him to be able to do that and he talked about that event itself down in atlanta where he had texans receivers join him for a workout
2: um it was great we had them recently um a handful over a handful of guys out in atlanta at my high school um just brought people together to get some work and really just continue to build that chemistry um and show everyone that it's more than football we're out here enjoying our time together and uh just continuing to grow together
0: And that receiver group has got a lot of different puzzle pieces. Young guy, Nico Collins. Guys that have been around for a little bit. Chris Conley, Chris Moore. And then the OG himself, the star, the number one of the group, Brandon Cooks. And that group and Davis so tied in together. Davis's growth is going to be supplemented by what the receivers do. And the the same thing, vice versa what the what Davis does is going to help those wide receivers. And Davis talked about that wide receiver group led by the man himself, Brandon Cooks, and how excited Davis was to have Brandon back in 2022.
2: I mean, to start with Brandon, it's huge that we signed him back. I'm extremely excited to continue working with him. Um, I mean, he has a ton of talent and I mean makes it really hard on defenses to go out there and game plan to stop him so that's the biggest thing first and he's also a great leader um for our team and for the younger guys in that room who are going to be catching passes for Nico for Brevin just really setting the example on how they work um and that's something that Nico and Brevin have fed on and kind of looked at him to realize how a pro prepares and handles themselves week in and week out to continue to Um, perform as the season goes on I think those guys have uh, took that in last year and have really taken the next step and going into this year
0: whenever a new play caller takes over it could be the offensive coordinator from the previous year didn't call plays but now he's calling plays it can be a completely different offensive coordinator Texans have had all kinds of different scenarios as offensive play caller over The past how many ever years? Bill O'Brien came here as head coach. He was play caller. And he turned over George Gotze. And then he pulled it back. Then he did it for himself for a while. And then Tim Kelly became the play caller. then Bill O'Brien took it back. And then Bill O'Brien got fired. Tim Kelly took over. And Tim Kelly was the offensive coordinator and play caller last year. As Pep Hamilton was quarterback's coach. Tim moved on. Pep moved up. Now it's Pep Hamilton's offense. And of course, everybody wants to know what's the difference what's this offense going to look like it's going to be different right right what's it going to look like davis well here's davis talking about this particular offense and the mindset of the offensive staff in 2022
2: i mean it's really a, a multitude of things i think the biggest thing is that we're going to mix it up uh, run and pass um obviously run to open up the pass or pass to open up the run so mix it in that way but also uh, take advantage of big plays and uh, vertical rounds down the field Um, that'll be one I mean a lot of it's just kind of getting the ball out to playmakers in space so Pep's already thought of a lot of really good ways to do that and I'm excited to kind of start running it and get the reps out there with our team.
0: Last year at this time well nobody in the city of Houston had any idea Davis Mills was going to end up being the quarterback neither did Davis Mills have that idea but now he is and they've gone through a full season they're not coming back for this second off season for Davis if you will there's a lot to be excited about receivers offensive line new offensive uh, play caller what you name it there's a lot that Davis is and can be excited about so he was asked what specifically excites you about coming back for this off-season program and obviously training camp in the season
2: the biggest thing is just going out and being able to compete again um love chasing competition i think i've that's what's the most enjoyable thing about football is just going out there and being able to compete sundays mondays or thursdays Um, so that's the big thing i'm just excited i think we started playing our best football at the end of last year and I think everyone kind of felt that, and everyone came back hungrier um, this off season. so we're ready to attack and go out and start strong uh, once we get to camp and kind of through these OTAs and once we get to the season.
0: I got to say, I absolutely loved that answer. Competition, going out there and competing again. As a, I'd like to say, a fellow competitor, I love every single ounce of competition. It doesn't matter what it is. Doing Wordle, shooting free throws, Walking my dogs faster than everybody down the street. Competition is what feeds the soul. It feeds the athletic soul. That's kind of the way I feel about competition. So that was a great answer. I heard that. I was like, yeah, right on, Davis. I loved hearing that answer. And to be competitive with your boys, that's always a good thing. So, the boys, let's talk about those wide receivers, that throwing session. How important was that to get everybody together down in Atlanta what does that do for your guys, as it pertains to competition?
2: I mean, a lot of it's just continuing to grow chemistry with the uh, receivers and guys I was throwing the ball to. Um, some of it, my personally, is just continuing to stay quick at the start of drop, so I'm able to play ahead of ahead of the game um, and not be kind of surprised by something that something might pop before I'm ready for it, um, footwork wise. So that's one big thing. And then, I mean, like I said, just continuing to build that chemistry and timing with those the receivers.
0: I think one of the most often talked about aspects of the 2021 season was how was Davis as a leader, you know, is he a yeller and screamer like some guys or did he lead by example? Well, let's ask Davis. What's your leadership style, my man?
2: I mean, the biggest cliche one is like just leading by example. Um, I think that actually plays people say like, that's not a true form of a leader because they're not stepping up and being vocal for the team. But I think it starts with kind of leading by example and showing people you're there to work. Um, But then when the moment uh, presents itself, being able to step up and uh, be a vocal leader, uh, hold someone accountable, be able to get held accountable yourself um, and kind of see how the team responds and rallies around that.
0: The 2021 season for Davis was filled with some ups and some downs and some really tough moments. But I think the way that Davis finished the season playing that well at Jacksonville, getting a win, playing that well against the LA Chargers and getting a win, coming from behind against Tennessee in the second half. There's a lot to like, the ups and the downs. I think there were more ups than downs. So Davis, what made you happy? What are some of the things you want to improve on?
2: It's exciting. Um, obviously, there's a lot to learn uh, for my first year in the NFL. Um, some mistakes, some good plays, and you really try to just take those all in so you can build on them and. Um, I mean, I said it all the time last year, never make the same mistake twice. So that's cool that I'll actually have a little bit of um, experience to build off of um, rather than kind of just getting thrown in there and um, hoping I do well last year. Uh, But, I mean, I'm just excited to build off what I did last year.
0: All right, let's get this last one from Davis Mills, and it's about the C word. Yes, confidence. Talk about that a lot, comfortability, competency. But confidence, you ask any person in any walk of life, you ask me, I'll tell you. When my confidence is high, I can do anything. My confidence is shattered, man. I don't feel like I can do anything, anything at all. Like, man, I can't do anything right. But you get that confidence, man, that will take you a long way. Now, when you see Davis, because he attacks life the way that he does, very even. Across the board, just very calm, poised. And sometimes you wonder, "Eh, how confident is he? Because if he's not confident, he masks it pretty well. If he's overconfident, well, he masks it pretty well too. Here's Davis on his confidence and, well, his own words.
2: I've always been a very confident player. Um, I heard a quote back in the day, like there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness and you kind of want to be on the conservative side of it, but kind of dancing on that border. Um, so I feel like I've done that well, and I'm I mean, excited every day to go out and compete. Um, so I think that's a big one, but just a lot of it is going out there and having confidence in those guys around you too, and that's what we're doing this off season right now is um, coming together as a team and putting the work in um, and kind of showing everybody that we're here to work and we're here to um, work as a team to get wins.
0: One of those guys that Davis will have to work with, obviously, health permitting, and hopefully that is a key this year for Justin Britt, health permitting. Well, it was Justin Britt, the center for your Houston Texans. Off of two years of injury in 19 and 20, came to Houston in 2021. Did have a little bit of a knee issue, missed a few games. That opened a door for Jimmy Morrison to show what he could do. But Justin was an unrestricted free agent after the season, looked around the market, got an offer from the Texans and said, I'm coming back why would you do that Justin why did you want to come back to Houston in 2022
3: Uh, the guys in the locker room I liked um, the O-line group and and how we went about our business and uh, um, just kind of being in this building um, after being away you know I didn't I was comfortable and I wanted to be here and and grow as an individual as a person as a teammate as a player and um, I felt like this place gives me the best chance to do that and um, you know, with Lovey being the head coach, um, I think that's a tremendous thing for this group, this team. And I think, you know, we're gonna work hard and uh go about our business the right way and we're led right.
0: Now, as I introduced Justin Britt, I talked about his injury history. And it's not the prettiest in the world, we can promise you that. But Justin knows that's the key. Gotta stay healthy, and if I'm healthy, I'm going to be playing right. I loved his answer here when he was asked about his health and staying healthy in 2022.
3: Um, well, for me personally, it's just about staying healthy. And, um, you know, granted, things are out of my control sometimes, but the best I can do is do what I can to be out there. And, uh, and so I, I felt like last year wasn't my best foot forward, to, uh, you know, as far as giving to the team. And so, I, you know, I wanted to come back here and prove that, you know, I have more in me and um, that I can stay healthy um, personally and, you know, professionally. So, um, you know, my family's here. My kids are in school. You know, you take that into factor, too, whenever you're thinking about moving across the country. If, if you have a chance to kind of keep them in the same place, you know, for numerous years, you know, um, being a military kid, it didn't really affect me, but I know it can affect them. So, um, you know, family played a big part of it. And. Obviously, the contract was, um, you know, the best deal for for everyone.
0: No secret that Justin is the guy that A, has had some health issues, and B, is getting up there in years a little bit. There are a few more rings around the tree trunk, if you will. That said, the man knows how to get it done, but did he consider making any changes to kind of his off-season regimen to get ready for 2022?
3: Kind of stay the course. Uh, I mean, last year someone fell into my knee. And so what I can do is wear that knee brace I was wearing the rest of the year and protect myself in that way. Um, I have approached the weight room in a way to get my legs stronger and get it back to what it was. And, um, you know, it's every you know, daily grind, a daily battle. And uh, um, nutrition is always part of it. Diet, sleep. I mean, you can't be in this league eight, nine years without that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just, you're kind of fighting father time and, and – and, and, the inevitable sometimes so
0: of course Justin Britt the center of this football team has the hands of Davis Mills under his backside a good majority of the time and those two are often linked together center and quarterback quarterback and center Mills and Britt so Justin was asked about the progress that he saw and felt from Davis Mills as a rookie
3: yeah I mean you could look back at the end of the year and compared to whenever he came in in Cleveland um the the way he went about it the calmness he had towards the end of the year um what was it Tennessee we started the first half terribly right and then uh we come back and we should have won the game I'd argue so um you know that that talks about his leadership his calmness um his work ethic his competitiveness and that's just kind of what we all want to be um you know offensively defensively and And, again, I think with Lovey here, I think uh, the way he goes about it, how consistent he is with his approach and his mindset um, is going to help us a lot. And, uh, you know, he knows a lot of ball. He's been around. Um, He's won a lot of games and done it with a lot of great players. So um, that was a big reason why I came back here is, is to, you know, be coached by him, be coached by Warhop, and just grow as a person.
0: Of course, Warhop is George Warhop, the new offensive line coach, Offensive, offensive line assistant, Hal Hunter will join them. A lot of experience in that room with those two leading the charge. And you would think those guys have been around the block. They've seen it all. But coaches often will, will ask for the advice from veterans. And media today wanted to know whether Justin Britt has been asked his opinion.
3: No, I, I just – I mean, so far, you know, um, no. I mean, I just get paid to play. They just give me the playbook. So, um, I'm sure as the season goes on, you make adjustments. um, They'll be like, Justin, how would you block this compared to someone else? Because, you know, I can't block everything like Jimmy Morrissey does and vice versa. We're built different. We're different types of players. Um, You know, Titus is different than me. So everyone kind of got their ins and outs. But at the end of the day, you got to learn the playbook, learn the way the coaches want you to do things because they feel like it's the best way. But um, everyone's got a certain way they can tweak their assignment and and their technique. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're kind of universal. So
0: there you go, little Texans audio jukebox from center Justin Britt and second-year quarterback Davis Mills. Good to hear from the offensive battery, if you will. Is that what you call it? I know pitcher, catcher in baseball is the battery. Center quarterback, is that a battery? Either way, good to hear from those Two important dudes. You heard from Kamu Grugier-Hill earlier in the show, and that was fun stuff as well. We're going to go around the league when we get back, and there's some bad news for the Washington Commanders and owner Dan Schneider. We'll hit that next right here on Texas All-Access. Texas All-Access. Texas All-Access. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Texas All-Access, our final segment here. Glad you've been with me tonight. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, And I mentioned there is some news out of D.C., Washington, D.C., to be exact. The Washington Commanders did pick a new flagship radio station today, and they put that out there. There also was an article that was posted by my former The Washington Post, who I used to write for a little bit back uh, a few years ago. According to The Washington Post, the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee is indeed exploring potential financial improprieties within the commander organization. The committee sent a 20 page letter to the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, regarding allegations that the team may have withheld as much as $5 million in refundable deposits from season ticket holders and that the team may have hidden cash that was to be shared by all NFL franchises. Former Washington employee, Jason Friedman, and as soon as you say the word former, uh-oh, look out, spent nearly 25 years in the organization, told the committee that the team kept two sets of books, that one set of financial information underreported ticket revenue to the league. The process of intentionally allocating revenue to the wrong event was known, according to Friedman. As things went with the Commanders. As bad as that sounds, it's separate from an alleged scam to keep security deposits from season ticket holders. So you got two different things going on. And neither one of them are good in Washington for the Washington Commanders. Now, what all this means, uh, who's to say? Dan Schneider has had issues uh, for the last how many ever years? And there have been issues... With um, scouts, there was a scout or higher up in the scouting department um, who was uh, sexually harassing uh, writers, other people in the organization. They've had issues. They've had issues in a number of different ways. The cheerleaders, uh, I think, had a lawsuit against the commanders. It has not been a good look for the last how many ever years, but. Nothing has been done from an NFL standpoint other than Dan Snyder was forced to cede everyday operations to his wife. But this is not good. Also because, well, when I mentioned the words U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee, uh, yeah, Congress is involved now. That's not Good. And somebody put it best, I don't know if it was on Twitter, said, with all the things that Dan Snyder has done, it's going to be this, essentially taxes, underreporting income, not reporting at all to the NFL. It's kind of like the Al Capone thing. Al Capone did heinous things. And what they get him for? Tax evasion. And maybe this is what gets Dan Snyder. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe Dan Snyder is able to work his way out of this but man it does not look good at all we'll see FTC the Federal Trade Commission more than likely going to investigate more than likely don't know where that's a fact or not but the Washington commanders now have a well they have a former employee and that's what every whether it's the NCAA and if Congress anyway he, he, You find a former employee who's ready to talk, it's coming down. It's coming down. So we'll see what this means for Dan Snyder in the future. But the commander's in a little bit of uh, trouble, uh, if you want to go with that. Some other news from around the league, the Seahawks. Traded for Noah Fant, tight end. I know that was a player that I'd heard people around here saying, hey, man, Noah Fant would look good in a Texans uniform. Yeah, he would. I I think he's a good, very good player. the Seahawks picked up his fifth-year option. Sounds as if they've got a plan. Who that quarterback is going to be throwing the ball to Noah Fant? Uh, Don't know that just yet. It right now is Drew Locke and Geno Smith. But... Could it be a rookie? May it be a rookie? We don't know. We'll find out very, very soon. But we know that Noah Fant will be back with the Seahawks on that fifth-year option. Now, the Seahawks, he could have a bang-up year and sign a long-term extension. But Noah Fant picking up that fifth-year option, good for him. All right, that's it. That's the show. Got to thank Justin Britt, Davis Mills, my man Kamu Grugier-Hill, telling me I was right, putting a little French twist on the Grugier. Appreciate all of them for being here on the show this evening. Appreciate my man, Austin Mendez. Tyler Milner, you're the best. We will see all of you tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here. It's draft Wednesday tomorrow. Stay tuned, baby. It's almost here. Appreciate you listening, and as always, go Texans.